Welcome back to Stories Behind the Grind with Aidan Vokolo. Listen to my conversation with Mitch Hills, who started his first entertainment company at the age of 17. He is currently the founder of Mastered Marketing and is on a mission to provide access to world-class marketing to small businesses. Mitch, thanks so much for coming on the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. That's all right. Anytime. If you'd like to give a bit of the audience a bit of a background on, um, on who you are and how you started um, Mastered Marketing. My name is Mitch. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a marketer. Um, I'm a problem solver. And basically, the reason I started Mastered Marketing was because I had my own startup uh, when I was, I was doing a tech startup and I went to agencies and said, hey, I need some help marketing this thing. And they quoted me like, Ridiculous. I think it was like four grand a month. It was like three grand a month for Facebook ad management with a minimum ad spend of a thousand. And I was like, that's more than my company's worth <laughs> right now. So I was annoyed that, you know, people with a genuine story didn't have, you know, access to tools that could sell it because there's marketing that's really cheap and awful and marketing that's, you know, good but really expensive. So I sort of ended up doing it myself um, and really liked it. And when you're doing a startup, you wear all the hats. You're the marketer and the accountant and the CEO and all those different things. And throughout the process, I really liked the marketing part. So I sort of kept doing it and then I ended up doing it for another project and then I did it for someone else and then I just sort of kept doing it, like web design and design and stuff like that. Um, And then I just sort of accidentally started an agency, which I really liked, and now it's our full focus. So we do social media marketing and now, because of that background, our mission as a business is to make world-class marketing available to small businesses. How do you plan on scaling up? The biggest thing, biggest thing that I've learned when sort of gone through in the last six months is the team and building a team because there's a great African, I think it's an African proverb and it says if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together because there's only so much you can do on your own. In fact, I'm watching the NBA playoffs right now and I'm watching LeBron James trying to carry the team. But he's only one man, you know, it's five people on the court and you cannot win with just one player. So it's been, you have to have a team and it's very difficult at first because, you know, as entrepreneurs, you're sort of like a control freak and want to make sure everything's done the way that you do it. And you've been working on your own for so long that it's weird to have someone else come in and try to be you. But that's why it's so, so important. Like the biggest thing that I've done lately is create all the systems and the frameworks and, and so that when someone does come in, they can know how to do the task that I need them to do. And so my focus now has been all about how do I improve that system? So if something goes wrong, I'm like, okay, why did that go wrong? Tell me what you need to do that better. And I'm basically like trying to McDonald's my own business just in terms of the system, not the corporateness. Uh, <laughs> just like figuring out how do I create a system that is scalable so that not only can the team run well, but because it's systemized, I can do it cheaper for my clients, which means I can sort of deliver on the mission of making that world-class marketing available. And and you've got to have a team and systems. It's sort of a long answer to that question. <laughs> no, I think it's important to um, abstract yourself out of the out of the picture, really, because there's only so much, like you said, one person can Absolutely. do. Absolutely, and you should only do stuff that you can do. For example, like I, I love innovation, being creative, thinking of new ideas. It's sort of like, and simplifying things. Like that's sort of my specialty of figuring out how to grow the business and simplify it and do things differently. And it's a very sort of creative, proactive approach. It's very hard to systemize that. Like you can systemize the, the day-to-day stuff, but it's hard to sort of systemize creativity. It's sort of like kind of counterintuitive. So I like, I should be focusing on the high level creative stuff 
while the team is doing the planning, the content scheduling, stuff like that. Because think about it, like what's worth more to the growth of the business and to the clients? Because I'm only one man. So would you rather me focusing on how to grow your business and driving innovation or editing a spreadsheet? Because it's going to be one or the other if it's only just me, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, perfect sense. I mean, time, time's a, uh, a finite resource and you've, you've really got to assess how best to spend that time. It comes back down to the, to the, um, the Pareto principle or the, um, the 80-20 principle as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking about this the other day. It's interesting how like if you're irreplaceable in a job, you're like a beast, you're a weapon, you're, you know, can demand high salaries because you're the only one that can do it. But if you're irreplaceable in a business, then you're an idiot. <laughs> like, it's like you're trying to do too much and you're doing everything that you shouldn't and just running around like a madman and then you're busy but you're not productive. So there's a difference between being busy and being productive. That's why when I see this stuff like work 15 hours a day, bleed out your eyes, hustle, 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 it's like, well, you know, you do need to work hard, but you can definitely work for 15 hours on either the wrong thing or something that someone else could have done way cheaper while you did something else. And the, I read a quote. I actually don't know who said this. I've always remembered the quote. I don't know who said it, but it's one of my favorite quotes. And it says, there's no greater tragedy than wholeheartedly committing to the wrong thing, which is a big one, I think. So you've got to make sure that you're working on the right stuff, basically. Oh, Definitely. And I guess it comes back to just self-evaluating and um, really assessing why why you're working towards it as well and, and checking in with yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I read a book called The Launchpad and it was inside Y Combinator, which is the ultimate co-working startup space in the world in Silicon Valley. Mm. And the guy was talking about how you need to have one goal. So like if one goal for the business, so maybe it might be grow 5% every week, which is crazy but that's what they do in silicon valley and so when you make decisions you can go will this help me get to that goal because if not don't do it and we need to focus on stuff that gets us to that one goal so i was listening to noah kagan talk a lot about this recently of like just having one goal so you don't get distracted and want to do all sorts of stuff is, is really important to stay focused because then you can think okay should i commit to this thing when i was doing a roundabout which was my old tech startup. So it was like Tinder for food. So we needed to find all the best food places. Mm -hmm. And we tried freelancing. I tried outsourcing that work to have someone find good photos and all the restaurant information and stuff. I had to do one go and they didn't nail it. And because I'm an idiot and it wasn't experienced back then, I was like, oh, no, freelancers can't do it. <laughs> so Jose and myself, we sat down, I think it was three days, we, and we got a bunch of Starburst and Doritos and like water and just would do like 10 or 12 hours at a time of just collecting photos and information and all this kind of stuff. And yes, it looked good, but looking back on it now, I'm like, why the hell would I do that work? <laughs> like, why did we do that? We spent like 30, 40 hours collecting data. Like, mm. that can easily be outsourced, and I could have been focusing on much more important stuff like how to grow the actual business. So, perfect example of make sure you do the right thing because I could be like, yeah, we did, you know, 30 hours of work, you know, hustle, but it's like, well, <laughs> you really didn't need to. Yeah, did it really meet the objectives and the outcomes and, and, and the goals that you're going towards? You mentioned before about systems. Is it something you've sort of haphazardly just developed or are there tools that you've used to help you develop the systems that you now use in your business? It's sort of like I did one and then one more and then I got kind of like hooked on it. Mm. I was sort of doing it for myself it started me doing it for myself to have like checklists of when I do work or like when I'm doing a Facebook campaign, 
making sure that we've done all the steps because sometimes when you're doing so much at once, you kind of forget to do things. Um, same with like building a website or you know anything really. It's like I needed to have checklists to make sure we did it all. And then I hired my first team member and then I had to teach them how to do it. So I sort of had like a little bit of frameworks, but I was still very heavily involved in the business. And so as we sort of grew and I realized that I didn't have enough time in a day to do all this stuff, I had to teach the other people and then they'd make mistakes and then I'd keep improving it. And then at one point I was like, okay, I'm just going to do all the systems for everything. And I spent, you know, the last couple of weeks, months, I've, I've really put together all of those frameworks and it has just been seriously like my secret weapon. <laughs> like it is the number one, uh, uh, that combined with the team, I'm working, I work less now than I've ever worked and I make double what I've ever made because I have a team that can help me and we can grow together. It's so important. And so, sorry, to answer your question with the tools, no, I literally just use Google Drive, like Google Docs, mm. Google Slides, and Google Drawings to do like diagrams. There's like Lucidchart you can use as well, but I found Google Drawings is awesome. You literally just circle squares, arrows, it's all you need. Yeah, no, it's great that there's so many um, so many sort of free things out there as well these days. Oh, and that yeah, you don't, free. You really don't it's need amazing. to pay. Yeah, pay for much and um, you can do so much. Yeah, and so I saw some people who are listening, the first step, anything that you do more than once, just write it down, like literally in a Google Doc or a Word Doc, just dot points. That's, that's all it needs to be. Like I sort of went through and made mine look nice and stuff, but um, just do dot points. Like, for example, this meeting right so if you're teeing up an interview it's like get the skype make sure the mic's working blah 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 it's like they're the things that you do every time so if that was something you could outsource you could just put the steps down so then you could just jump on the interview and everything's ready to go like if that makes sense yeah definitely do you find some people when they hear systems they um sort of shrink back a bit and they go oh you know that's that's a lot of work but i guess what you've said before it's you know if you start with something quite simple and then you can just develop it I suppose people think like, oh, that's boring or like business planning and like corporate jargon. But it's like, no, it's actually so exciting because it means that you are buying yourself time for free just because you systemize it. Like if you, it, it doesn't have to be complex. It's literally just, yeah, like I said, writing the steps that you do, even if it's for your own internal use, it's just useful to check back on and it's going to help someone else do it in the future. So don't look at it as like, this massive operations manual that's 100 pages that you have to write. We're not doing that. We're literally just documenting tasks and so that you can get yourself time back because you're going to give that to someone else. And if people go, oh, you know, it's expensive to hire freelancers, it's like, okay, if, if you're going to hire a freelancer and it costs $12 an hour to do this task and you're comfortable paying with that, that, you know, hypothetically means that when you're doing that task, you're valuing yourself at $12 an hour. <laughs> so like... If you value your own time, this is so worth doing. And then hiring someone to help you have more time, it's like, there's a book called James, by James Schramko and he talks about your effective hourly rate of like how much how much money you make in a year divided by how many hours you work, really. So, and the goal is to increase your effective hourly rate. So if your effective hourly rate is like 50 bucks, getting someone else to do this for $15 an hour is like a no-brainer when you look at it that way. Yeah, definitely the cost benefit um, of doing it. I think I heard a, I heard a quote by um, Jordan Peterson. I think the average of your lifetime, your sort of average hourly rate over your life is about forty dollars an hour. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you might make 150 grand a year or something, like a bit more, slightly more than, um, what's the average, like 70 grand or something. Let's say you make 100 grand as an entrepreneur, you work for yourself and you feel like you're successful, but really you work like a madman and you're you're probably working for like $30 an hour, less even, if, if you're working like crazy. Now, it's always good to have that, have that in mind. I think some people think that they have to do everything themselves. Or they know that they shouldn't, but they can't let go of it, which is a big one. Um, and I just struggle with that too, and it's perfectly normal, but you just got to trust the system, trust the process for any Philadelphia 76ers fans listening. <laughs> Never mind, that's an NBA joke. <laughs> um, and I think, I guess, worst case, you can always go back to what you were doing anyway. Yeah, and now you have a more organized way to do it. Mm. He said, no, it's like, honestly, <laughs> I remember when one of my mentors, he said to me, he said, Mitch, I will never tell you what to do or how to live your life or anything like that. But you have to learn corporations law. <laughs> so my sort of thing is like, look guys, I'll never tell you what to do, but you have to have systems. Like it's just a deal breaker. Like it is a deal breaker now at this point. At this point in my life, when I've realized how effective it has been, even for myself, like I actually like designing Squarespace websites. Mm-hmm. So, but I go back to my checklist and make sure that everything's done. I, I follow the step-by-step process so it's good for having it for myself, not just for the team. And it's even better when you do it yourself because you can do it better because you'll realize that, yeah, you wrote the steps, but this one step was kind of clumsy so you can fix it. It's a, it's a, no, it's a deal breaker for me. Like, I've got to have systems now. Like, I like it, honestly, randomly. I enjoyed it so much. I, like, considered, like, one day being a systems consultant. <laughs> just <laughs> helping people systemize their stuff because it's just a mess. That could be a branch of what you do. <laughs> yeah. and I'm not a, I'm not an analytical person like I'm a very creative colorful the other side of the brain I'm not like a you know spreadsheet person but this this is a little bit different I love simplifying stuff so even if you're like a creative person listening to this and you're like system sounds like the worst thing in the world um, it's worth it one of your previous blog posts was about was it making a hundred grand and then losing it again oh uh, yeah so I, I saved a hundred thousand before I was 20. And then I lost $200,000 when I was 21 <laughs> or 22 or something. So, yeah, I mean, this I'll, there's a lot of stuff I've learned about money, really, and like how to make more of it and how to keep more of it and how to just sort of run the numbers a little bit better. And by the way, I am I'm the polar opposite of an accountant. I, that stuff I hate. I hate data, looking at analytics, all that kind of stuff. But what I have learned recently the biggest thing that i've found value in is recurring income um so a lot of my clients are on retainers because it's predictable it's scalable and you're not always hunting down the next customer and you can make your existing customers really happy so my model is a little bit different because i'll have like you know 10 or 15 max 20 clients where some people are selling like you know 20 products a day so it's a little bit different but i suppose it doesn't apply to everyone but my advice for someone and the next startup where they will probably have some sort of subscription model but recurring income is really good i found a lot of value in having creating a recurring income Um, and then and then you can focus on optimizing your system as well because you're like okay cool if i'm if i'm getting these many clients but my profit margin sucks like you know i'm only after taxes i'm only keeping like 25 percent of the money then something's wrong with your business depending on what people deem a good profit margin but then you could sort of work back and figure out how to make your business better. I don't know. I just I think because I have a recurring retainer model, it's allowed me to make the team happier, make my systems better, and focus on how to 
optimize the business better. Taking a, I guess, a one level above approach to what you're doing and critically analyzing how you do things um, instead of getting stuck into the, the day-to-day and not improving what you do yeah. is, is definitely valuable. What's next for, for you this year? Is it planning to continue to just optimize your, um, your systems? It's interesting. I put out an article last week about how much money do you really need and thinking about, you know, a lot of people, they chase, they chase money. They're chasing targets. They're chasing goals. They're chasing profit margins. They're chasing this sort of picture of wealth and financial freedom and, and all this stuff. But they're not. I don't know if they're actually chasing happiness. And so a big thing for me, and this sort of came after working on a nightmare project where it just was so stressful and so annoying. And I was like, I hate doing this. And it got to the point, because it dragged out so long, I was like, oh my God, I'm starting to hate my own business. But I wasn't really. It was just that one project. But then I realized that work like this is not worth doing because then I'm not going to enjoy what I'm doing. And yeah, you could take on everything, every project that comes your way and make more money, but you're not going to be as happy and you're going to get over your own business. And that is just so depressing to me. (laughs) It's like that happening. And so I wrote an article about, there's a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, which I'm sure everyone's heard of. And there's an exercise called Dreamlining. And it talks about how much money do you actually need to have all the things that you want in your life and it's way less than you think. So for me, I used to think it was hitting this target of like, you know, 40 grand a month revenue or whatever. Then I was like, if I do that, I'm going to have to do work I don't like. I'm going to lose a bit of the culture with my clients and I'm just going to be working like crazy. And is that really what I want? Like I think what I want to do is create a business that I really like with clients that I really like and create cool stuff but have time to sort of live life a little bit as well because for the past, oh man, four four or five years, I've subscribed to the whole hustle like crazy, work 70-hour weeks. I've done that and it does get stuff done, but I think now it's time for me to sort of transform a little bit and trust the team and build something sort of bigger than me and learn how to, you know, enjoy life a little bit, like maybe travel a bit or I don't know. Like I've worked so hard for so long that I've missed – I can't even count how many birthdays and family Mm. events and all that stuff. And yes, it's part of the sacrifice. But I think this year I've sort of been a bit transformational in terms of personal development as well as just financial and business. Something I've actually um, doing this year as well is um, sort of taking a bit of a harder look at myself and um, and seeing how I can how I can improve myself as well. Yeah, and I think it's like it's tough when you're a high achiever or you've got big goals. It can feel like you're settling or like tapping out or quitting or whatever. It's like, yo, I can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. But I think that's just that's literally your ego speaking. <laughs> it's just your ego because you watch motivational videos and you watch, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street and Social Network, and you want to be this like massive billionaire. Mm. But realistically, it's like to get to do that, you're going to have to make so many sacrifices and take ungodly risks. And maybe you're cool with that, but you're going to have to do things that you don't like to do. And recently I was like, I like I like doing what I like doing. I would rather make less and really enjoy what I do than make more and be stressed and miserable. Yeah, I think it comes back down to money isn't the end goal. It's just a tool to achieve what you want to achieve in life. Exactly, exactly. And, and I'll, yeah, I mean, I'd rather work. Like I, I've got like six clients starting at once right now, so I've been working like crazy. But there was a point a few weeks ago where I was working like six hours a day or something. It was awesome. And I was being creative and I was feeling happier and healthier and more energetic just because I wasn't permanently in work mode. And some people will be like, oh, you know, you only work that amount of hours. But it's like, 
yeah, but I'm consistent. And consistency, I don't know, it was just, I've sort of gone through this weird transition of going from hustle like a madman to, hey man, just work less and chill out a bit. And ironically, I've made more money when I'm relaxing because I've got the systems and the team to do the other stuff. It's such a strange shift for me because I have my entire life been incredibly motivated and ambitious, and I still am, but sort of transitioning away from that, you know, sacrifice everything in the world to get financial freedom it's like well like that doesn't make sense to me anymore i don't know it's this is i know this is sort of rambling because i'm still figuring it out myself <laughs> but i think it's sort of like transitioning into you know work-life balance i suppose yeah which i think i think work-life balance is um or at least my view on it is it's not something that's set in stone it's something that can sort of is a bit it is flexible depending on your um the situation or scenario that you're in as well and sort of it, yeah there isn't it it's not set and forget. I guess with it, with anything in life, everything changes as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of, um, I've also got some more time. To, I want to build my personal brand a bit and mm. put more content out, and which I'm doing at the moment, and just more giving back, like helping, which I used to do with the exceptions, which I sort of do with my personal one now, but because I was so busy, I couldn't do it, and then I couldn't help as many people because they'd ask me questions and I was too busy. So I want to just be, I think I've sort of, figured out how to grow the business without me being so heavily involved and now I can focus on sort of giving back a bit and it sounds like I'm 50 and I'm like retiring no no but but I think, I think it's, it's it's a great it's it's a great perspective to have so early on yeah. is that giving giving back yeah and just being more aware of what's happening in your life is a big one I sound like super spiritual like I should do yoga right now <laughs> <laughs> but like being more aware of what's happening in the world and sort of processing that instead of just blindly focusing on work or blindly focusing on your career or fitness or whatever it is you're doing it's awesome to be focused but just being aware of things like for example when this nightmare project happened i didn't just go oh this sucks and throw my hands in the air i looked at it and was like this why is it so annoying how do i avoid this what's and like analyze the situation a little bit so i can think and it was through those realizations that i realized that i don't need to have these crazy targets and make you know 20 grand a month 30 grand a month I'm like that's so much more. that's hard to spend that amount of money <laughs> like what can I even mm. spend that on <laughs> Matt, no what you said before matches I guess with well with that last nightmare project matches with the quote I read if you haven't read Ray Dalio's book Principles listen to it right now I it, literally it is honestly the best book I've personally read and I would recommend all anyone who listens to this podcast to listen to listen to it either the um, the physical or audio book it's, um, it's an amazing piece of work one of the concepts he um, explains early on is in order to make progress, it's a combination of going through pain, but also reflecting on, on that pain. Mm. So it comes back down to your point as well with, with your nightmare project, I guess by, uh, I guess, reflecting on it, you've been able to progress. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just, I'm really big on the quote in life, you win or you learn. So if you mm. win, you win. And if you fail or something happens, it's an opportunity to learn, and I've actually learned because I, I like I get everyone gets stressed out, you get frustrated, and you feel like oh the world sucks right now. But now I've transitioned that into instead of feeling pain, feeling the opportunity to grow. So anytime there's a bad situation, I'm like ah oh, this sucks, but the world is trying to tell me something right now. So you can, and that's an opportunity that you couldn't have had if you didn't go through the situation. So that way, it's an opportunity to sort of be like not you know, a ridiculous optimist, but at least grateful and aware of the learning opportunity that's in front of you. It's like falling off a bike. It hurts, 
but you learn how to ride the bike better. Exactly. You've got to make mistakes to make um, to, progress, to make yeah. progress. 100%. A question I'd like to ask all guests on the podcast, and you've probably covered it a bit before, but what's your definition of the grind? I suppose it's, it's getting up and doing the work even when you don't want to do it. Like, there's some things in life, entrepreneurship is awesome, and you get to work around hours, and I'm having this conversation, and I don't have to ask my boss, and I'm going to a meeting after this, and sort of working my own hours, and that's awesome, but there are times when you have to do things you don't want to do. Like, those nightmare projects, I'm like, I can't tap out. There is no, there's no one to hand this off to. I've just got to do it. Um, and just getting stuck in and doing it and being consistent, even when you don't want it. It's like going to the gym. Like, I hate the gym, but I've just forced myself to hire a personal trainer because I'm not going to do it alone. <laughs> like, and I just have to go. I don't want to go, but you got to go. But you just have to. If you want to be successful and you want to, you know, achieve the things you want in life, you just got to do the work. And so I suppose in entrepreneurship, there's often no way out of some situations. You've just got to face it head on and tackle it. So to me, that's probably the grind. But through the grind, you also get to appreciate the upside. The upside that you've experienced now, is it something you thought you would have experienced a year ago? The upside, it's so worth it because like my girlfriend right now, she's killing it at work and she's making lots of money, uh, but it's super stressful and she's really stressed out and she's working for someone else and she's like, I just wish I was building my own thing. And I've had other friends who make heaps of money, but they're like, I'm build, I'm doing this for someone else. So it's so rewarding. Yes, working your own hours and, and stuff like that, but just knowing that like you've built your own thing and this is your thing and no one can take your journey away from you. I was talking to one of my clients. I was saying how like there's been a stretch that's been rough, but I'm, I just thanked all my clients and said, look, I'm so glad that you've been part of this situation like now i'm sort of i've grinded it out for five years and now i'm starting to see like the fruits of my labor Mm. so i was just grateful one day i was like i want to thank you for being part of that process and he said you know no one can ever take your journey away from you like that's yours and so just knowing that you're building your own thing and you're backing yourself and you're working on something that you enjoy and you're making a difference in other people's lives that that you were doing it's not your boss and there's no handouts and it is harder but when you do it it's like it's really fulfilling and rewarding and you feel like not just financially successful but spiritually like successful and happy with what you're actually doing in life, if that makes sense. Definitely. Back down to the happiness um, and doing oh. it for that is, um, is paramount. And you can make 40 grand a year if you love what you're doing and you're helping others. Like mm. You'll be happier than someone on 200 grand a year who's just you know selling out and working like crazy and <laughs> like, always yeah. stressed. Yeah, definitely. It's not, it's not, not about the money. Exactly, and that's why I think that dreamlining exercise is so important because you can see how much money do you actually need and then how, and then how are you going to get there and then what's your business going to be? And then you can sort of be like, okay, my living expenses are this, I want to have this, I need to build a business and you, you'll be surprised at how little it is and you'll be like, that's doable. Mm. And then you can go after your dream without this anxiety of what if it doesn't work out. There's so many ways to make money these days. It's like if your living expenses are two grand a month, like – there's so, there's so, if you can't make two grand a month, there's so many ways to make two grand a month, like at least. And that way, you know, your bills are covered and anything, you know, it's doable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you can live off two grand a month. Being in a family situation is different, um, but I guess a single yes, person yes, living, course, living on yes. two grand a month is, um, is, is definitely doable. Yeah. Well, as, long as, you, as long as you can pay the bills, you know, you can worry about investing in stuff later. It's worth sacrificing the small upside to gain, you know, a life-changing experience and building your own business. Thanks so much for coming um, coming on the show.
Hey, my pleasure. And if anyone's got questions or like, you know, they want to make a system or like social media tips or whatever, um, I've just started the personal blog. It's just mitchhill.com. So you can reach out anytime and I'm happy to answer any big questions. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Would really appreciate it if you left a rating. For more inspiring stories and advice, follow Stories Behind the Grind on Instagram and Facebook.